You are listening to Bet Your Ash, the flagship show of the Bet Your Ash podcasting network, B-Y-A-P-N-B, yappin'. And sometimes when we be yappin', we be cursing. I got that problem. Still, hope you enjoy the show. You are now listening to Bet Your Ash. With, with, with Cornelius and McGee. That's Cornelius. He is in Denver, Colorado, and I am McGee. I am in East Mauritius, New York, and we always start in the same place. What are you smoking today, my friend? Today, I am smoking the Tatawahe Black. It's an unbelievable cigar. And I opted for the fun size, the little small. Oh, it's so cute. Petite Robusto Tatawahe Black. And, <clears throat> I, you know, in order for me to try that, I, I would have had to say, hey, that might be a good cigar to bring in at that size. Now I've, I've had the Tatuaje black and it's an unbelievable cigar, not at this size, but I find that at this size, that the flavor is just unbelievable. It's a great tasting smoke in the petite Robusto. And I, I'm not a petite Robusto person I was because I going to say that you're not big yeah, on a small cigar. Not at all. So, so we, why? Um, I just felt like, you know, there's certain cigars when you taste, when you taste it, you just say, hmm, I think, you know, I wonder what this would taste in a, in a smaller size, but this is a Nicaraguan, um, blend Nicaraguan Puro, actually. It's got a ton of 90 and 91 ratings. Um, it, uh, has a Criollo wrapper. And it also has some uh, uh, Nicaraguan sun-grown um, in it. And it just, I don't know, it just has this nice, you know, oily, uh, caramel-colored wrapper. And you kind of get a lot of real dense flavors, even more dense when you smoke this size. And that kind of breaks it down to, you know, kind of leathery, nougat, if you would, type flavors that just stand out. It's a a, like hearty coffee bean kind of a flavor to it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I like it. I uh, opened the box and this was the third one I smoked. So I need to (laughs) slow slow down so I can sell some. Yeah. Um, I, that's that's probably a problem that's come up before. Yeah. Yeah. If you really like a cigar, yeah. Well, week number four. It is. It's week number four. You are not the only person who hasn't survived. Mm-hmm. I have not survived as well. So now it's just time for us to do our normal gambling routine. You what know? was your pick? What was your pick last week? Let me double check. Uh, just to make sure I'm not lying. Oh, yeah, I remember. I chose the Chargers with an injured quarterback like an idiot. I'm yeah, dumb. Yeah. I they, am dumb. I mean, they supported the um, 
the Jaguars, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think they're still undefeated. Yeah, the Jaguars are a good team. They're a good team. They are playing well. Uh, it's a difference with, a, you know, it's amazing what a different coach can do. Yeah. 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 Um, interesting. Some of the things we're going to have to think about this weekend are where where some of these games are played, especially like if, for example, if the Bucks can't play in Tampa. That kind of leads me to what I was going to suggest that we first play a little interview I did. Okay, so we have a special guest, or sort of, because it was a pre-recorded interview. But last week, it came out that the Washington Capitals, the hockey team in Washington, has let go of their in-arena organist after 22 years and with no plans on having an organ in there anymore. And we're lucky we have we have a we have access to an organ guy. <laughs> so I figured it was a good opportunity to sit down with my dad, who is a, an organist of some renown, and talk about organs and sports and why that's uh, trending or seems to be trending trending down and 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 et cetera. And it was pretty it was pretty interesting conversation, mm-hmm. um, especially in part because. He's like, he had to be evacuated out of Tampa. He's recording from a hotel Mm -hmm. while he's like on the run from a big hurricane, you know? So um, I'm going to play that now. And then you and I can come back and we can talk about this week's games. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. I am here and I, we're very lucky as a podcast because we have access to something most podcasts don't have. And that's an organ expert. (laughs) um i am here with uh, a very special guest he is a a father and a composer and right now he's running away from a hurricane he's an academic and um on top of all that he's an organist uh his his name is dr haig marderosian he's my dad and um, i appreciate you joining me thank you appreciate being here um if nothing else it takes my mind off of my principal preoccupation right now, which is ducking this hurricane. Yeah, well, stay safe. If we have all of a sudden, you know, you lose power or 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 or, or worse, or things are going down, we can we can always do this another time. Uh, that's right. You <laughs> might have to if you hear sirens. Like I said, if you, if you hear sirens and suddenly silence from this end, you know, it, you'll you'll know. Yeah. Uh, well, this is an interesting conversation because we're not talking about cigars, we're not talking about gambling, and we're barely talking about sports. But last week, when uh, the Washington Capitals of my hometown, my Washington, although we've never hockey was never big in my life, we went we went to one. I remember I remember you guys telling me we were going to a Canadian organ concert and making me wear a sweater. And we <laughs> ended up at a hockey hockey game. And I, I never really enjoyed it because I was itchy from the sweater. <laughs> yeah, this is typical of the lies we told you through your entire childhood. I, I do remember I, I you got this far and have a podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah, congratulations. <laughs> I could do a whole other podcast about lies my parents told me. <laughs> yeah. That's not yeah. That's not about cigars or sports either. So no, but last week the uh, Washington Nationals they let go their organist of twenty two years, mm-hmm. and it dawned on me that um, with very there's very few left between uh, uh, hockey, 
basketball, there's one or two. There's only a few left. That, like I said, in hockey, there's a few. But even in baseball, there's a, which used to have the most. Uh, almost, I mean, I imagine it was standard at one point. Um, you're not seeing the sport arena organist anymore. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Call you. You're, you're absolutely right. I think there's a bunch of reasons for this. Actually, um, you said this is barely about sports. I think it's a lot about sports. And I'll tell you the angle on that that, that uh, leads leads me to that um, to that conclusion. And and for that, I think you have to kind of go way back. And that's that sports and entertainment have always been linked. You know, the sports entertainment complex is what people are looking for. And they're looking for this totally immersive experience, especially now. You walk into an arena or stadium or something. It's almost as though you, you crave something more than what's just going on in the court or the field or the, or the ice. Uh, and, and the thing I've observed that sort of proves that to me is you watch the crowd, especially at a hockey game, uh, and you watch what they're looking at. And they're looking at the jumbotron hanging up above, uh, looking for the replays, looking for that clear shot, that clear view, rather than looking down on the ice. I mean, they're looking at the ice when there's a good fight or something, right? But when they're, when they're trying to follow the game, they're looking for that secondary experience, which is the visualization that is presented by this sort of wraparound organization um, that that is presenting the game. So every major league sports team that's worth anything usually has an officer somewhere in, in its administration called a director or a vice president of game presentation. And that's really interesting. Um, I met the guy who was at one point called the director of fan experience for the, uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, a fairly decent hockey team, right? And uh, at that point, counter to what you've been talking about, and this is fair, this was the last 10 years, um, they, Mr. Vinnick had just bought the team and they were looking to put an organ into the Amelie Arena. And the reason they got a hold of me was they had heard that the university where I worked had just gotten this great new pipe organ and they wanted to come over and see it. So I had them come over and, you know, we talked a little bit about what, classical organ playing is, which is what I do, and what hockey organ is, and what baseball organ is. But the message that I got was that at any cost, Mr. Vinnick wanted to have the best fan experience he could get. And what he thought back to was the 1920s, late 1920s, when the Chicago Stadium in, of course, Chicago, um, installed a huge theater pipe organ and they engaged an organist named Al Melgard, who played there for many, many years. And the idea was to sort of shake the stadium with this great sound from this instrument that would really move the fans and excite the fans. That the pattern really, yeah, yeah. And that pattern emerged through the 20s and 30s and 40s. And then there was a technological revolution. Right. And Eventually, the, revolution. the PA system was able to recreate yeah, well, the, a, a big boom like that. Well, there was that, that was one step, but the earlier step was that these great theater pipe organs gave way to a very portable and simple and cheap device that was called the Hammond organ. Now, you know what a Hammond organ is. We know it as a, a jazz gospel instrument these days. Right. It was invented in the 1930s uh, in Chicago also by the Hammond Clock Company, um, and it was supposed to replicate a, a pipe organ in sound. It didn't do that very well but it sure made other kinds of sounds extremely good. Well, 
And it, it, it served the purposes of what hockey organ was and what baseball organ was and everything else. And if you listen to it, it's nothing like really theater organ playing. It's a lot more like classical playing for playing for a simple reason. The sounds that are used for the punctuations, the, the tunes, the songs and everything are generally very straight, straight ahead sounds. They're not enriched with vibrato and stuff like that. So for a couple of thousand dollars max, they could equip these stadiums with these Hammond organs and they were everywhere. So every stadium had an organist. Um, yeah. Some of them were real organists. Some of them were just pianists would play. But that was the norm by about 1950, 52, 54. The, 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 the entertainment sports industry was sort of flooded with the sound. Yeah. Especially it, baseball. Like that's what I always connect it to because when you think back to the old timey uh, radio broadcast of baseball, you can hear it in the background sometimes right. and stuff like that's that. That's right. And I'm, I'm hearing Harry Carey getting up and singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game right. at the seventh inning stretch, right? I mean, these became emblems and they were always accompanied by the stadium organist. That still goes on in some places. I mean, there's a guy, for example, named Matt Van House, who's the organist of the Washington Nationals. Interesting, same place as, as yeah. the uh, Caps let go. Bruce Anderson, Matt Van House is, is still gainfully working for the Nationals. In fact, they brought him on fairly recently. Wow. And he, there was an interview with him that I, that I heard. I know Matt Van House um, from my days in Washington, but before he was playing for baseball. He's a, right. he's a pianist. He's a classical pianist. But he was talking about in this video what he does for the, uh, for the Nationals. And he has basically three kinds of obligations. One is that he plays these, well, we call them stingers in the music business, but he plays these punctuations, basically. Right. You know, and, and those can be expanded a little bit into that fan cheer sort of da-da-da-da-da-da-da, yeah. that kind of thing that you hear. ba da ba 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 charge. Exactly, exactly. All of those little punctuations. So his first obligation is to play these, these little stingers and these punctuations to get the fans involved. Uh, you know, and then there's a slightly longer version of that which is correlated to particular spots in the game. Somebody hits a double, somebody hits a triple, somebody hits a home run. There's actually sort of little tunes that get associated. Yeah. And sometimes uh, emblems and anthems for an individual player. Some player may be associated with the Mexican hat dance or something. And so he'll have these things ready. And when when somebody you know gets a hit, he'll play their tune or he'll play this yeah. thing. It's sort of like walk-up music. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly it. And then the third thing is, is that he gets to play once a game, usually when they're just opening up at the very beginning, a real honest to goodness overture of some kind where he plays a piece of music, uh, you know, some something from pop, from from rock, from blues, from, you know, whatever. I mean, the example I saw, he was playing Anagata Davida, which is a stereotypical piece you hear on the organ, right? Right. And and uh, they filmed this actually from up in the in the booth while there was a, uh, you know, the stadium was full, and so you could hear the audience reaction with this. But the interesting thing he says is that while he's doing this, he's got a headset on, and he's coordinating with the in-house DJs. The in-house DJs are the guys who are doing similar things, but using big effects, right. using songs, using sound effects and stuff like this. So you got this kind of seamless blend between this live player and these other these other songs and effects and stuff that the DJs are, are blending into this. Yeah. And that's become kind of the contemporary pattern. And because of that, the organ is being used less and less and less. So um, the deal on that, I, I remember in that article about um, Bruce Anderson and the, uh, and that the, was the gentleman who played for the nationals. 
I mean, no, the Capitals. Capitals. Cap yeah. Remember that article, um, him, him saying that he was playing less and less and less over the years, but he still loved it because he was a hockey fan and he was looking forward to going to, to a game now and he can just sit there and listen and he had no bitterness whatsoever. Uh, I mean, I halfway believe that. Yeah, but, I don't. <laughs> yeah, really. But he's an he's an awfully nice guy, so he wasn't he wasn't going to say anything other than, other than that. Classic. But that was the key thing that the technology that now the second layer of technology, the digital technology, the in-house DJs, the, the stuff that's pre-programmed, has come to sort of replace this live performer, yeah. and it's also in the long run cheaper. There's some front end uh, front end investment, but there is too in buying an organ and you know salarying a, an organist, but. Uh, then once you sort of paid for this technology, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and, and so it's cheaper than, than keeping him around. Right. So bottom line figures in as, as well. Uh, so I think that's what we're seeing in kind of the, the, this stuff uh, being diminished. But I will say that there are, there are exceptions. Uh, like I mentioned in the case of the, um, of the, the Lightning, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Your hometown uh, hockey team. Yeah. My hometown hockey team, right. Yeah. The, the, the guy that does the playing there, um, guy that actually commutes from Orlando, I hope he's not commuting this week. Those are long yeah. commutes right now. Um, works with uh, a really effective presentation team, including the guy that came to visit me, whose name is John Franzone. Uh, let me tell you a story about Franzone. Sure. So John Franzone had just been hired when Vinick came aboard. He hired him as VP of what he called then fan experience and now game presentation. And... Um, when I was talking to Franzone, I asked him about his background in, in sports entertainment. And he said his very first job, this kind of goes full circle, his very first job in sports was working for the Yankees. And I said, well, what'd you do for the Yankees? And he said, well, mostly what I had to do was that the organist of the Yankees was a, a, a legendary old figure that had, that had been there forever. His name was Eddie Layton. And he played in the old Yankee stadium and, you know, on Hammond organ. And Franz and, and he was up in his 80s, I think close to 90 and still playing. And he was really cheap. So he would never, when the games were over, I mean, he wouldn't take a taxi cab home or anything. He would get out at 11 o'clock at night or whatever time it was and go on the subway and take the buses. And, so, and, and the management started getting a little worried about him at that age and for safety. So they took this young guy, Franzone, and they said, okay, it's your job from now on to drive Eddie Layton home after the ball game. So John had this had this job that had to do with, with the organist. Then he got he got work in minor league baseball, which is a really important part of this. And then gets hired. And Vinick gets here with the Caps. I'm, I'm sorry, with the with the uh, Lightning. He gets hired in this vice president position. And what he said was he was looking for ways of sort of maximizing uh, that fan experience and also respecting Vinick's desire for this grand organ in the place. Yeah. When they came to me, they were actually looking for a pipe organ like the Chicago Stadium. And I connected them with a guy who rebuilds uh, and, and restores theater pipe organs. And he said, I have two great Wurlitzer pipe organs, which I can combine and build something big enough for that arena that will be stunning. It didn't work because there was no room in the kind of the rafters and stuff to put it in. So instead what they got it was a really high-end digital organ built by the Walker Technical Company, which is the ultimate name in digital organs. It's a five-manual organ. They built an organ loft for it at the end of the arena. It's got dummy organ pipes up the there. The pictures look really cool. 
Yeah, they are. They are cool pictures. Okay. And uh, the the organist who goes by the single name of Christoph sits up there with his jersey on and his name behind it, plays this long overture when the house opens. Uh, and and it's I mean it's it's really convincing. Yeah. It's once big. the game once the, once the game starts though, his obligations are less and less and less. And what Franzone said was historically, they would have this uh, in hockey they would have this what, 17 minutes at the intermission between periods. And the organist would just sit there and play for 17 minutes while they groomed the ice. And he said, that's not that's not working for fan experience. That's not making us any money. We got to do it. Anything's up there. Basically, we've got, uh, oh, something like five or seven minutes of that time that we can be on the ice. We can do promotions, giveaways, contests, things yeah. like that. When I brought T-shirts from parachutes in the that's Raptors. Right. I love that one. That's one's always my favorite. That's right. There's no room for the organ to be playing for that. Right. So once the game starts, the role of the organist is really more and more diminished, but they have a commitment to it. So it's still still ongoing. So I, I would argue that there's two sides to this. One is the technology has done its job. And in places where people don't have a kind of legacy interest in that cultural history of these sports as connected to the sound of the sports, you know, you, right. you referenced it. You imagine all-time baseball. You imagine an organ playing. Right, baseball has the strongest connection in my mind. I, you know, than than the other. I, I think you're absolutely right. Mine, mine too. Um, yeah. And secondarily, hockey. Yeah. I, I never experienced it in basketball, so I. I just well, uh, the, one of the most famous instances of of teams keeping the um, in-game organist alive or, or, or around as part of the experience is in Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks. They Again. have a gentleman named Sir Foster who he, and, and part of what he does is he starts covering, you know, he'll cover pop songs and he'll, yeah. and, and modern, you know, modern, modern songs in order to uh, kind of do the job of both the DJ and the organist. Right. Well, I mean, where they can do that more power to them. That's a great thing. Yeah, um, and each sport uses uses music in their uh, uh, in their arena differently. Obviously, they're based on how the sport is organized. With baseball, there's lots of little downtime, so it makes sense that they started doing the little. Uh, what did you call them, risers? Uh, no, no, st- the, the term is a stinger. Stinger, pardon me, stinger. Yeah, and so it makes sense that in baseball that would happen. You know, I, it's it's interesting to me that in in football where you have these big outdoor arenas, the college sport, the uh, college football specifically, came with the marching band because the yeah. even the organ wouldn't have really filled the space as as well. It was too yeah, big. It was. It was too I big. mean, it would it wouldn't have worked outside, right? But- so you saw the marching band evolve to kind of fulfill the same needs. Yeah, and it was part of the ritual of it. I mean, you saw the marching band. They had the costumes. They were, you know, doing their high stepping. They were, they were doing their routines. I mean, that's that's a little sexier, frankly. Than and it involves more students. Yeah. Right. In an academic setting or even whether it's high school level or college level, it involves more students with the performance. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, that's a that's a lot that's a lot nicer than you know some guy sitting in a booth up in the, the, the second balcony or something. But it works. It works. The the in game organ really works in in hockey the way the Lightning are using it or in 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 certain baseball settings it rouses. It's mm-hmm. it's capable of rousing groups and that's uh, and that's its goal. That's its job. And, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I I would say by the way that that would go back to the very first thing I was talking about which is why did this start in the first place? And that is that the show, the showmen that owned these teams or managed these teams way back a hundred years ago, 
uh, realized what a, a powerful pipe organ could do. And they wanted to, as you put it, rouse the audience, move the audience. I mean, you know, you know very well when you were a kid and you would, you would hear me on those occasions, you, you probably got the sensation of how, how the, the bass in particular would kind of move the floor beneath you. Yeah, it's huge. And it probably was part of the reason that nightclub bass and, and, and electric music was appealing later, because I always saw that as an important layer to a full sound is to have a big bottom with an interesting top, you know. Don't, don't you wish you invented and marketed the subwoofer? <laughs> that's, that's what people like. I mean, you, you, you hear something 100 yards down the road going going down the street with this boom 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 stuff going on and it's you know they're all subwoofers it's good. and that's what i think people are looking for and that's what that's what uh, organs can deliver uh it's always disappointing by the way when they tried to do that and they would try to put it through the house pa system that never works uh, in the case of the um of the amelie arena organ that has 300 loudspeakers of its own. Of its oh. own. So I was going to actually ask about that, was whether or not they are pumping it, everything, since it's a digital organ, if they're able to run it all through the setup that they're using for the DJ and just do it as a different channel. But Yeah, you can. I mean, you can listen to music through your through your uh, earbuds as well. True. They're not going to sound as good as they're going to sound when you're listening to the real thing. Right. And so the idea was to move as much air as possible in that room. And for that, it took 300 channels of audio. So, you know, when they when they turn that stuff all on, the lights dim all over Tampa uh, to get it all stoked up. And it, it, you know, creates that experience that people are looking for. But that harkens right back to the beginnings of it. You know, I can't say that's the case everywhere because the motivation is different and the expectations are different. Um, but I, I do think that in certain, um, I would call them, I would call them aware and um, inspired places. Uh, the organ has, has a very secure role still. I would I would suggest that in other places where it's kind of the bottom line that counts and accountants are running the show rather than show people running the show, uh, it's much easier to see this instrument disappear because, you know, who wants to pay however many dollars? I mean, I know how much the hockey organist in town is, is paid and it's not bad. Um, it probably doesn't, you know, put a big dent in their budget, but there's probably some bean counter somewhere who says, oh, if we get rid of the small amount every week and, or game. We're and gonna, if you're thinking about minor league baseball or, or or lower division hockey or basketball, there's no way they're turning the profit that, that where they're in a position where they could afford it. So it's true. Um, Although you and I both know that minor league baseball has been one of the most creative places in terms of, of what to do for fans. Yeah. Because there's all you go to a minor league game. It's a lot of fun because there's always these contests and these promotions, and you can have base running contests for yeah. your kids. It's and, all about motivating masses. It's all about getting uh like encouraging group emotion, right? And that's we talked about it. The we use the word rouse. You know, the the organs capable of that. But whatever you can do to kind of encourage um, communal emotion, like that's what you're gonna. Do and obviously in some situations you gotta you gotta budget to you know um, for for doing that. Well, it's part of the it's part of the promotional package and 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 like they say now, it's part of the game presentation. I always thought, stupid me. I always thought game presentation was in the hands of the athletes. You want to present me a game, you know, go out and hit a home run. Um, but but when you think about this, the real the real way to think about it is the difference not in the quality of play or anything like that, 
but in the kind of the feel and the look and the smell and the taste of it, between say a little league game and a major league baseball game. Because in a little league game, what do you have? You got a bunch of players that are playing their hearts out on the field. <laughs> you have personal ties to them. You know, your parents are there, the uncles and aunts are there, the friends are there. You don't have any other sound. There is no marching band. There is no organ playing. There's none of that. There's a little bit of applause. You no announcer. Actually, no announcer. You, you can actually hear the ball hit the bat. Uh, and kids just play the game and then everybody cheers. They stand up and you can hear them talking and you say, congratulations to the winner. Nice hit. Thanks. I'm out of here. Uh, in, in the stadium experience, you, you put this whole envelope around it. Yeah, it's really the whole spectacle that matters. The missing scene is part of the part of the shot. You know what I mean? It's it's all about the show. It's all about the presentation. That's the term. Yeah. So I think organs are a part of that. I don't. I don't think they're. Dead. I think so too. Yeah, I don't think they're going to totally disappear. And I would even suggest that for every case of you know Bruce Anderson losing his job as he did with the Caps, uh, there's some other uh, director of, of game presentation out in some league thinking about how this can be incorporated into what they do. Because they want to sound more traditional or they want to sound more big time or they want to sound more thunderous or, you know, or something. Yeah. And so I think right now it's probably at worst a zero sum game. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully it is uh, something we see a rise in and we see more of or at least uh, we don't see less of. And yeah. um, it continues because it really is. It's fun. It's a fun part of the experience, you know? I agree. I, especially indoor. Baseball doesn't. They use it differently, obviously, like we talked about, but indoor in a hockey or a basketball setting where you really get that rumble, that big sound, it's I think it's the best. Yeah, I'm actually holding out for a new future for the organ in, in sports. I'm holding out for the organ in curling competitions. <laughs> it's the best sport because it's the one where the athletes get to drink while they compete. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, then in that case, maybe the organist can drink. Well, no, I take that back. I'm sure the organists do drink. I'm they're... sure. I'm, yeah. It's baseball. It's part of the game. <laughs> it's hockey. It's part of the game. It's fine. Oh. Uh, let me have another cold one. All right. Well, listen, I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate your time, and I you hope bet. that uh, you stay dry. Uh, we're working on that part, too. <laughs> and, uh, I'll let you know if we ever get back to Tampa. Yeah, keep uh, keep in touch. All right, be safe. Yeah, I will. I definitely will. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. All right. We are back. That was mm. pretty cool having my guy was, on the podcast. That was good. You know, that kind of brought back memories of a organist, Major League Baseball organist, yeah. Nancy Faust. And Nancy Foss was one of the first well-known organists uh, in sports, period. And she would do the seventh inning stretch, take me out to the ball game. When the White Sox would start rallying, she would start, or if they somebody hit a home run, she would organ up the na-na-na, you know. And they, they, they coined her the reason that fans started singing that song you know that's cool and um i remember just being in the stands and being I, I i had to be like maybe 10 or something and i remember harry carey leaning out of the oh man I, yeah. <laughs> he's got to be the only person i know that at a high level was at work freaking 
sauced out of his mind. And he got ready on the seventh inning. He's like, everybody, everybody. And he's hanging out of the box and everything. He says, oh, wait, hold on a second. Nancy, are you with me? I think, no, first he said, Sandy, are you with me? I mean, Nancy, are you with me? And then she goes, no, 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 no. I'm just like, this is, I'm like, this is the entertainment right here, man. Yeah. This and that's it. it. It's part of the entertainment. It's part yeah. of the whole package. You, you, know? you hear it throughout the whole Comiskey, the old Comiskey part. You would hear yeah. just the organ throughout the whole game, you know. I'm, I'm like you. I connect it to like old baseball memories, you know, but it's also yeah. uh, it's also like really effective in a inside, in a hockey situation or in a basketball mm-hmm. situation. Um, yeah. It was cool conversation. Cool conversation. For, 41 years, Nancy Faust, uh, I think all with the White Sox, if I'm wow. incorrect. Forty-one so years cool. as the as the organist, she's still still living at age seventy-five. So, yeah, it, that's girl. just just one of my just one of my memories. But yeah, that's cool. Are you ready for some football? Yeah, let's talk about week four. <laughs> okay, um, all right. I've been in the black every week gambling, right? Mm. But only like a little bit, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a little bit. I would like mm-hmm. that to be a lot bit. So let's find some winners for you. Yeah, just so you know. We have a, a new subscriber, uh, Albertus. Simmons. Oh, yeah. Is he listening to the pot? Hopefully. Uh, he, it seems page. like every every week, every, every week, he, he only plays parlays. And every week I'm looking at, you know, what he's got written down. And I'm like, I say, Albertus, how can you be off by one game every single week? Well, one that's game. Why, that's why it's hard to par- make parlays, make money parlays. Like, oh. rather than parlay five games together, which is mm-hmm. a really hard thing to hit, uh, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you're supposed to just bet all five as straight bets and hope to go three and three, you know, three and two, yeah. Every week, yeah. you know, and turn a profit. But now, is the truth is is the truth of the uh, truth of the fact is is that you get paid more on parlays? Is that yeah, is that for true? sure? Because it's oh, okay. so hard to get when uh, you know it's not just the it's not just like if I put a hundred dollars on two different teams, right? Each, yeah. and they both hit. I'm making a hundred dollars on each bet. But yeah. if I had a two hundred dollar parlay, I'm not making even money, right? Like uh-huh. I'm getting a bit a plus number. So maybe yeah. instead of if I do a two hundred dollar parlay instead of two hundred, um, maybe I'm getting three hundred or whatever. It depends on the the the, the odds of the mm-hmm. individual bets, right? And so it's a better payoff mm-hmm. because it's harder to be right twice or three right, times or five right. times than it is to be right once, right? Once. So it's a harder exactly. bet to hit. Exactly, and it's it's kind of a sucker bet. I mean, to to be hundred with you, no, yeah. it's you're supposed to have. I don't know what I don't know if I'm going to get this right. You're supposed to do like one fifth, whatever your normal bet is, or one tenth maybe, whatever your normal bet is on a straight bet. You're supposed to put like a tenth of that onto parlays. You're not supposed to use the same wagering, you know, because it's so yeah. much harder to 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 hit, but. There's some people that only do parlays every week. You know, every yeah. once in a while, Timmy in Nebraska will do like a $1 parlay where he tries to pick every game of the weekend. And it's like a $25,000 payoff because Jeez. it's impossible to get them all right. You know uh, what happens? And, and, that's, and that's just the wins? 
No, I think he bets him against the spread. You'd have to ask him. And yeah. I mean, I don't know what the what the winner. It's not. I, yeah. I think I said twenty five thousand. I think yeah. I'm. I think I meant to say twenty five hundred. I apologize. Still, geez, twenty five hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. think about how hard it is to be right about fourteen games, games. or what, however many there are. Fifteen yeah. games. It's, Sixteen. It's yeah. Damn near impossible. So absolutely. Um. Yeah. It's a sucker. Yeah. They just get the straight bets and get more right than wrong. You know? Let's go parlay on tonight. <laughs> Let's fight a parlay. We have the Miami Dolphins that are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And even though, even though the Miami Dolphins are 3-0 and and the Cincinnati Bengals are in last place in their division at 1-2, and the Lions have Cincinnati Bengals uh, playing in Paycor Stadium at 6.15 tonight at minus three and a half over the Dolphins. Yeah. And it, it seems pretty steady. It's not like not like everybody's piling on one side or the other. A mm-hmm. lot of people think that the Dolphins are just going to be tired. They had that crazy game in the heat on like like two days ago, you know, three days ago. And then they there's hurricanes going on in their state they're worried about all kinds of things like there's just a lot of people that are fading the circumstance right and also the bengals are in a must-win situation um yeah i don't know I, I this is an easy game for me to pass on i know that waddle's not playing um and i know that uh i i mean i too i worry about you know it's such a quick turnaround for these right. guys man. and to oh yeah to got he he said that it was not concussion; it was right. his back. But apparently, there's a certain way to injure your back that can mess with your um, balance, you know, mm-hmm. temporarily. And this, he just got drilled right in that spot, sort of like hitting your funny mm-hmm. bone, you know. Yeah. Um, and he got drilled in a spot that messed with him. You know, I don't want to call the guy a liar or his team a bunch of liars, mm-hmm. but it looks like a concussion to me. <laughs> yeah, down goes Frazier. <laughs> Down goes to him. I don't see me betting this game. I can't All even. Right. Uh, and if Teddy Bridgewater comes out, maybe I live bet it and bet the Bengals, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. All right. On Sunday morning, 7 30 a.m., which means oh, yeah. this is no doubt in London. No London doubt. game. Uh, this game um, on Sunday is the Minnesota Vikings uh, playing the Saints. Uh, I'm Minis- keep it 100 with you, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm always wrong about the London game. <laughs> I never get it right. For all these years they've been doing it, I never get it right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Man. So if this game was being played in New Orleans, I'd want to bet the Saints maybe. I don't know. They haven't looked great. If this game was being played in Minnesota, I'd want to talk myself into the Vikings because I think the Vikings mm-hmm. are pretty good and just had a bad week. Right, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think if I'm going to get up early on Sunday, it's going to be to watch the F1 race, not to watch this game. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not betting this thing. Gotcha. Well, they're, uh, they're actually in first place in the NFC North. They'll be yeah. playing in well, London. Tied. At, tied for first, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, tied for first, but it still shows them because they beat the Packers to get there. So. Okay. Um, it shows them, Hey, just want to take this moment to let it be known that the bears are also two and one, but <laughs> just want to let you know that it, anyway, it's true. It's true. It, it, you're not lying. No, no, they're tied <laughs> for first place. 
<laughs> okay, just want to let you know that. Um, so the New Orleans, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, minus two and a half. Yeah, that's kind of too close to call, man. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings are a better team, but like I said, I'm always wrong in the England game. So let me let me not. Let me just not. Okay. Well, with that being said, we'll move on to the Seattle Seahawks playing the Lions. The Seattle Seahawks is going to be, they're going to be playing the Lions. Got the Lions at minus four over the Seahawks. And it's in Seattle or it's in Detroit? Uh, This game is going to be in um, Detroit. Yeah, man. I think the Lions come to that. I think they're a pretty good team. They're not Mm -hmm. having any problems scoring. They're playing really well. Um, Mm -hmm. Tough loss the first week. You know what I mean? To the Eagles. But Mm -hmm. um, the fact that they played the Eagles well is a good sign because the Eagles might be the best team in the game right now. They're playing really well. So uh, I, I think that's in, you know, Maybe it's too easy. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm supposed to say this, but I think the Seahawks are pretty bad. So I am okay mm-hmm. with betting the Lions at home against a mm-hmm. bad team, even if it's by more than a field goal. You know, even if it's four, I'm okay with that. Yeah. the uh, You're right. I mean, the Eagles, we just said Minnesota was a good team. The week before, uh, the Eagles beat up pretty bad on the Minnesota Vikings yeah. on Monday Night Football. The Eagles but, have beaten both these teams, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the Lions, you're right, it was a closer game. It was 24-28. It was a closer yeah, now, game. I think they got some of that at the end. Yeah. Right? Like, they were, you know, they made it look good on the board, but still. Yeah. I think that the Lions are a pretty good team. They don't they, they mm-hmm. able to score points. And I yep. just, the Seahawks, I'm unimpressed with them so far. Yep, so far. Um... The next Sunday morning game, later Sunday, these two games here going into probably another four or five or six games, more like eight games, uh, are at 11 o'clock. But one of those games are at 730 because of London time. But the next one is the Jets and the Steelers, the Jets and the Steelers, Uh, you know, and they'll be playing in Pittsburgh. But, you know, the Steelers, you know, everyone was probably hopeful. Maybe they showed a little bit of mm. a little bit of something, but the Jets, they're not good either. But uh, they are playing. Teams. <laughs> yeah, they are playing in Pittsburgh at Acrisure Stadium. Yeah, that's so weird. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are favored minus three. Yeah, they're getting the three just because they're at home, yeah, right? It's just the minus yeah. three at home. They've got so many injuries on on defense. It's too bad, man. I thought they were gonna have a year. I really yeah. did, but I was. It looks like I was way off. Yeah, it looks like I was way right, off. Right. Um. Do we know is is Joe Flacco starting for the Jets or is Zach Wilson starting for the Jets? I haven't read anything yet. I don't know. At some point, Zach Wilson's got to return. That'll help things. I mean, this is this is a game that I can just ignore too. Just two bad teams. Like, why even bother? Gotcha. Okay, I'm not betting all 14 games. I know that for sure. You know what I mean? This is one I could just skip. Yeah, I'm gonna have to call my uh, inside contact for the Jets and see who's starting. Yeah, know. that's a big one. Because if Zach Wilson's starting, I would bet him plus three for sure. I might bet him plus one or something like that. Joe Flacco out there. I just, you know, <laughs> blah. All right. 
Next, we yeah, have the that. Chicago Bears playing the Giants. See, I like this. See, see, the thing is, is it's like you're playing um, Sonic, right? And the Vikings and the um, Green Bay Packers, they're playing on super hard mode because of their schedule. But the Bears, they have super easy beginner mode because of their schedule. So not saying that we'll find out later in this uh, schedule or uh, week four that the Packers are playing the Patriots. And we just said the Minnesota Vikings are playing the um, Saints. I would say that the small straw in that bunch would be and the Lions are playing the Seahawks, but they're behind the Bears uh, as far as standing. But I would say that the Bears pulled the easy straw. in that. So they're playing the Giants. Gives them an opportunity to either hold or move up. Yes, this is true. And the Giants aren't great, especially now without um, Sterling Shepard, who's clearly, that was a bad injury. Um, That's that's the season for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are playing at home and they have a pretty rabid fan base, although they lost their last week, right? Uh, so I guess that's, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I've seen so little from the Bears. I'm shocked that they have two wins. At the same time, I'm kind of shocked that the Giants have two wins too. So, I, you know, I just, similar to the Jets and Steelers, this game's just not that interesting. It's just two bad teams. And I don't really mm-hmm. know where to go with that you know i mean once again to explain the bears played in the mother nature bowl for week one yeah and they beat the 49ers right and then they played the texans and now they're gonna play the giants so they very well could be three and one and you look and you say okay what's the most non-legit three and one team (laughs) and and the bears might show up if they get to three and one it would be we would all be saying the same thing like this is the worst three and one team ever Mm -hmm. (laughs) well i wouldn't say that but okay (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i don't know i i I might say put a little money on the uh, on the Bears. I mean, it's minus three just because they're playing the Giants at I home. See, I see you can get another half a point. I'm seeing a three and a half. Now, so uh, maybe yeah. it's gone up. Yeah. Um, Bears are, uh, I don't, I can't get myself to bet them. But at the same yeah. time, I don't want to have money on the Giants either. So Yeah. So, and there we move on to the next game, um, which is interesting in that the titans are going to play the colts the titans are going to play the colts now both of these teams i mean both of them like i says the 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 afc south is going to become the new um nfc east i mean right at this moment um, the Jags are two and one. They're in first place. Hey, man, they're they're playing good. You know, I mean, they lost a hard one uh, last week. Uh, yeah, they could. The Rams are good, dude. Yeah, um, they played the Rams last week. Didn't they play the Rams two weeks ago? Uh, who did they? Who did they lose to? Who is their loss to? You You mean last week or the week before? Last week they played they, the they, Chargers and won. 
You're talking about the Jaguars, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they just beat the Chargers. They knocked me out of Survivor. Right. The Jags, I thought the Jags, the Dolphins are 3-0, and and what's the only other 3-0 and team? Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. Keep, keep getting them mixed up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Jags played. Um, who did they lose to? They lost. Oh, they lost to the Falcons. Oh, no, that was preseason. Yeah. Oh, uh, they lost to the fucking Commanders by, like, a few points to start the season. Wow. Yeah. You're right. They did. 22-28 on the yeah. week number Hold one. Hold on one second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry if anybody hears a leaf blower in the background. I'm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you saying you don't do your own landscape work? Dude, this there's so much property here. And when I'm not here, oh, man, if I'm not here or when I'm not here, there's it's, there's no chance that it gets done if, if, if there's not people to help. Gotcha. Well, we, uh, we were talking about Jacksonville and uh, um, Jacksonville will be playing um at philadelphia at philadelphia yeah and um six and a half points seems like a lot that's a lot of points Philadelphia. i think they're pretty good Mm -hmm. this is a the former head coach of the eagles (laughs) like he took them to a super bowl he knows he, he knows the town right it's uh yeah there might be room for oh yeah that's right yeah um their former coach that could be one that he really wants to go to town on whether whether they win or not six and a half is a lot of points for that six game. and a half is a lot and when it first opened i saw it at seven and a half and jumped wow. on it i bet jaguars plus seven and a half because i'm hoping that it closes somewhere around six or five and a half and i get a little window exactly exactly so all right well that's that game and then uh next we have the chargers and the texans chargers and the texans and did we did we talk about the titans and the colts i think think we started to we didn't i apologize yeah 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 yeah. the the leaf blower the leaf blower um so that's an interesting game you're right like that division is kind of a mess they're not playing well um, I sw- Hector, the leaf blower, Hector. Hector, I'm sorry. <laughs> I still think that was that was that wrong. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I still think that the Titans are better than we've seen, but only because I just have faith in Derrick Henry to win some games for him at some point. Yeah. Um, offensive line injuries are tough, you know, for every team. Whenever they happen. They're really tough. Like we're, I don't think we'll see the same 49ers this week if Trent Williams isn't playing, for example. You know? Well, the, well, the Titans are minus three and a half. I mean, they are playing at home. I mean, the uh, Colts are minus three and a half. Are we saying the Colts are better than what we've seen so far as well? I mean, I think they are beginning to get all on the same page. Like this is a new quarterback with a new mm-hmm. system. You know, it makes sense that it takes a few weeks, you know, and they looked a little bit better last week than they had the previous week and the previous yeah. week before that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Colts are getting there. I'm just I, I just don't know. Like the you know, it's weird saying this, and I know we mm-hmm. say it all the time, but like which Colts team are we gonna see? Which Titans mm-hmm. team are we gonna yeah. see? I haven't I mean, seen consistency I've, from either side of this matchup yet. 
Yeah, I, I bounced around watching the games or in that time slot last week. But was I wrong? Did they bench Tannehill? Did they bench him or did he get banged up? Or did they? They I think they brought in the rookie for a little Wilson. Wilson oh, did they? That kid's supposed to Willis? be really good. Yeah, Willis. Yeah, he came in for a little bit or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, uh, but I mean, at some uh, point they're gonna want if they're not winning games or they they're gonna want to see what he's got. Exactly. I mean, if you're number one, only one weapon, no matter how good he is, is your running back. They're just if that's the 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 key, they're gonna just you know really if, if you can't throw that ball and you, you're not getting receptions, they're just gonna key in and just you know. Um, they're going to key in and uh, stop the run. Yeah, know? I mean, the defenses, the defensive coaches and players are smart enough to know that if one thing's not working, then all we have to do is now deal with the other. And they can deal with the other if they know that that's the only thing coming. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so we can't. The guy's name is Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Willis. Yeah, Willis. He yeah. went to Liberty. Mm hmm. Yeah. So uh, it'll be good to see. I mean, I I, I feel Tanny Hill get the start, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's I think that that's a game to stay away from at minus three and a half. I mean, it's yeah. So. In general, I try to avoid you know divisional rivalries, and that's what this has become. Yep. yep. All right. Next, we have the Chargers and the Texans. Chargers and the Texans. Hmm. Uh, Chargers are going to be traveling to NRG Stadium in Houston. And they are favored minus five. So I guess they think that uh, Herbert is going to be starting. Um, I I think this is what I feel. And the coach got some backlash like, hey, you guys aren't going to win that game deep in the fourth quarter. Why do you have Her Herbert still out there? I feel you know? the same way, man. Protect your guy. I'm like, you know, uh, Let's think about it like this. If he, if all of a sudden the Chargers didn't have him under contract, Herbert under contract, mm -hmm. wouldn't every other team in the league want him as their quarterback? Mm -hmm. Like he is one of the few like guys that you mm -hmm. need to have to win at the most important position in sports. Mm -hmm. So like protect them. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, right. if I'm Miami and I started the season three and oh, and probably, mm -hmm. I'm probably giving two of the night off tonight. Right. I'm probably putting Teddy Bridgewater out there because yeah. a three and one first month is awesome. Right. I don't need yeah. to, I don't need to risk. I don't need to risk the, uh, the important ass player, you know? Well, in week three, cause we're talking rib cartilage in injury on Herbert. Yeah. I mean, so they lost anyway, they're one and two, the Broncos are two and one and the chiefs are two and one. He, you lost anyway. Yeah. And so the point is, is, well, if you lost anyway, was it really worth getting him hit uh, another five, six times and, you right. know, postponing uh, him from getting to a hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I probably would have been like, all right, let me see him, you know, for a few rotations. And after that, like, yeah, he's obviously hurt. Yeah. I'm going to pull him out, you know? So, well, I, 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 you and I see, feel the same way about this. Yeah. I think the chargers will definitely beat the Texans minus five, um, that's, that's a little bit of, uh, you know, I can see, 
after the backlash, I can see the Chargers kind of coasting out a, um, well, you know, it's a two-minute warning. We'll let them march down and score. We're down there down by 10. They score a touchdown. They even try to go for the extra, you know, the, uh, yeah. or something point. like that. Or, and next Back thing you know, cover. You're, they're winning by three instead of 10. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah. Or, or, and they, yeah, the minus five now is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah thing. in play. <laughs> so I, you know, I could see that happening. So, um, I don't and feel also, great about the that. The other thing is, I could, I could, I can see waking up Sunday and finding out, oh, Herbert's not going to be playing today. And so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not something, if I was to bet this game, I'm not going to bet it on Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait till Sunday morning. You know? Right, right. All right. So next we have the Browns and the Falcons. Browns and the Falcons. Uh, the Browns, um, you know, interesting enough, they're leading that division two and one tied with the Ravens Steelers, of course, one and two and Bengals are one and two. That's a tough, that's a tough, you know, that is a tough, uh, division. Yeah. Um, toughest maybe, you know, um, that and the AFC West, right? Yeah. It's working out to be one of the tougher divisions, but, uh, the Browns will be playing the Falcons and, uh, you know, Falcons that seemed to be not horrible. Mm-hmm. Right? Like well, I don't know. Yeah, they'll they'll be in Atlanta at um Mercedes Benz Stadium. And it, right now, um, I see minus one, maybe someplace you can get it minus one and a half for the Browns. That's pretty mm-hmm. close. So, like you said, that's a it's gonna be a close game. Yeah, I I think I like the Falcons at home here. Um mm. They played, you know, they've been playing okay. They played okay, and uh, they played actually pretty well last week in Seattle. We were worried because they were on the road, and they still handled it. Um, and I think that they're going to be happy to be at home, and I think they'll play pretty well. I, I have a feeling that Atlanta wins this game. Exactly. Um, the next game is going to be the Commanders playing the Cowboys. They'll be in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. Uh, Dallas by minus three and a half. Uh, this is an interdivision uh, game. Um, and I don't know if, I don't think we'd be saying that this is a must win. Well, the commanders aren't going anywhere. So right. um, there's that. But as far as the Cowboys, Cooper Rush Giants is, last week, you know, yeah. they're, they're rolling. Cooper Rush doesn't looks looks, you know, they got some yeah. momentum. They got some yeah. good vibes. I think they mm-hmm. probably cover this spread again this week, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I think Cooper Rush gets them another W. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, um, I don't know why I keep wanting to say Flaherty. That's one of my old coaches. Is uh, who's the coach for the Cowboys? His name is Mike Mike McCart. McCartney. McCarthy. Yeah. And he, you know, he's like, Oh, I'd love to see a, a nice uh, quarterback competition when uh, that comes back. I'm like, yeah, no, right. I think Jerry, I think Jerry Jones, said <laughs> yeah. that. not Mike McCarthy. Oh, Jerry Jones oh right. Said that. Yeah. Yeah. You're correct. You're correct. He said that. I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm like after you pay Dak all that money. Yeah. You're he's playing, you know, he's playing, uh, but 
but you know, they really want to win. So I don't know. I mean, uh, Cooper rush puts up some magnificent, you know, uh, stats and everything. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, uh, the Cowboys by minus three and a half. They're not. I mean, he's not wrong when he says it's a good problem to have. It means yeah. that they're winning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And honestly, you're supposed to go with the cheaper option in that case. Yeah, I, I think, I think they cover that. You know, I think they. Uh, I think. I do too. I think Dallas will win that game. Yeah. Um, me too. So, so there's that. Uh, so, the next game is going to be the Bills and the Ravens. That's going to be a good game. I think so. This is going to be the the last of our early morning time slot games, but that's a that's a good one for. Uh, I guess it's not the early morning because we have the for the, the 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 England game, but you mm-hmm. know the normal morning uh, correct time slot, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the best one of all of them for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think part of the reason the Bills lost last weekend is they got injuries on on the secondary, and that means what that tells me is. Uh, is is the Ravens are going to be able to get some yards throwing, which what and what that what that does is open up their running attack. You know, and Lamar is able to get a lot of yards as a quarterback on the ground, and I just feel like that could be the difference. What I I think this could be like a shootout. This could be a really high scoring game because I don't think that the Bills can really slow down the Ravens right now, and I don't think the Ravens defense can slow down the Bills. So um, I, I think I like the Ravens here because I know the whole world's going to be on the Bills, right? So I think I like the Ravens. But um, more than that, I like over 51. I see over under 51 points, and I like over 51 of that. Yeah. I think that's true on that game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, you know? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I also think that, for the Dolphins and for the Bills, that this is well, still early in the season, but I think it's important because if the Dolphins lose, um, and I know the Dolphins are not playing the Bills, the Bills are playing the Ravens, the Dolphins are um, uh, so the, the Dolphins is, the Bills are playing the also played in that game two days ago against the Dolphins, where right. everybody was exhausted and dehydrated and all mm-hmm. that shit. You know? Yeah, and so the Dolphins are playing the Bengals uh, this week. But the thing is, is the Dolphins, yeah, they want to they want to win, right? Because that keeps a game of separation at the very least. The Bills, even more so, definitely want to win. They don't want to start this early in the season chasing two games in the division behind a red hot dolphins you know and the dolphins are probably going to have a significantly easier schedule than the bills so it's important yep. it's yep. important you know? yeah so. it's a big game for the bills but at the same time just like my concerns about the dolphins were man they just played this this brutal game last week i mean Yes, the Bills get the full week off, but man, they are coming off a brutal trip to Florida. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. There's something about this Ravens uh, this Ravens team I really like. And I think this season for Lamar Jackson is going to be one for the ages, you know. Um, and so, I just I feel like the Ravens steal this one somehow. But ultimately, this I, I really just don't see either defense able to slow down either the other offense. So I, I, I like over 51 in this a lot. Yep. I think that's a good spot. Um, 
before we get yeah. into the afternoon games, let's take a quick break, and then when um, we come back, we'll 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 jam through those couple and the uh, and the Sunday and Monday night. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Hi guys, this is Timmy Nebraska with the, with the Nebraska Hour. And if you or anybody you know has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-522-4700 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, you can call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you don't have a gambling problem, let's make some money. We are back. We have three afternoon games, a Sunday night game and a Monday night game left. Let's go, buddy. All right. And just by the way, the uh, I don't know if I, we mentioned or not, but the... Bills were minus three over the Ravens, and yeah. that is definitely, I mean, if you're a fan, then you might be compelled. But other than that, that's a game to watch, not to bet. And it's um, in Baltimore, right? It's in Baltimore. At, I mean, that's, that's a lot to have a road favorite through of three points. And, and, yeah. you know, we'll, mm-hmm. see. we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm definitely going to bet the over. We'll see what happens in the game. You know? Gotcha. Next, we have the Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers, the Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. Panthers uh, finally came through for me last week. Huh? Panthers finally came through for me last week. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cardinals and the Panthers. I, I think they're uh, Panthers by minus one over the Cardinals. By the way, one and a half. You can find in certain areas, but that's. Do we think that this is going to be? Um, interrupted in some way because of the hurricane, maybe? Uh, this game is in Carolina, and that thing took a turn up the coast. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, let's assume that they're playing it as is, right? Um, and let's assume, for this conversation's sake, you know that they're playing it in Carolina. The weather will be fine. But if anybody's going to bet this game either way, anyway, I would... Um, I would caution they wait till Sunday morning and make sure they have all the info. This gets mm-hmm. pushed back to Monday. So because they got to drain the field or if they move to a neutral site or something like that, you know, you want that info, you know, so don't place, you place a bet on this one today. Right. right. Um, Arizona doesn't seem to be a good team, but when they need Kyler Murray to be a great player, he is able to do that. Mm-hmm. Carolina seems to have a decent team. They're playing good defense and they have some offensive weapons, including McCaffrey, but they're not always living up to that um, potential, right? It's coming in spurts, sort of. Um, I, 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 I don't think I'm betting this game. If I do, I'll just keep riding the Panthers. I've been on them every week so far. <laughs> uh, I'll probably just keep riding them. But uh, to be honest, I don't know if I'm going to bet this game because I'm worried about the the weather and, and all kinds of other things, you know. Just not a, we talked about early, earlier. We're not seeing a lot of consistency out of the Cardinals. I don't want the Cardinals to show up and be awesome. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little worried about that one, you know. And they very well can. They have the ability. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, they're off to a slow start. They're but off 80% to a slow start. of the bets that have come in so far have come in on mm-hmm. the Cardinals. Yeah. 66% of the money and 80% of the bets. So that's just screaming at me to bet the Panthers. <laughs> so. 
All right. All right. Uh, so next on the afternoon schedule, we have the Broncos and the Raiders, the Broncos and the Raiders. And, um, you know, once again, uh, they have Las Vegas, uh, and that's where uh, they're going to be playing in Vegas uh, at minus two and a half. And I'll tell you right now, um, <laughs> you know, the, the story in uh, Denver isn't the quarterback, isn't, you know, the fact that they've only had one touchdown to a receiver in three games, isn't the fact that uh, I haven't looked at the rankings yet, but that the defense has to be up there somewhere in the top two, top three defenses in the league. Um, They've only allowed two touchdowns in three games. Um, But the real problem is the coach. And Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson looked like his old self a couple of times last week, but it was when the play broke down and he had to make something happen. That's when he looked good. So my point is, is I don't, you know, obviously Hackett had some problems in the first two weeks with getting calls in, making bad calls, uh, calling plays that were questionable, just time management, all kinds of things. He just wasn't, you know, they, they, they actually hired him. They, they hired him a assistant. So yeah. Clock, a clock coach. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I think that hopefully that just gets better. Um, but, uh, and hopefully this week they take another step and go even farther by saying, okay, now we're going to, um, make some other changes so that, uh, you know, they said that they're going to let Russell Wilson play like Russell Wilson. That's what they said, but it doesn't look like it, you know, listen, man, if I'm betting this game, mm-hmm. I am betting the Broncos. The Raiders have been underperforming thus far. Yeah. The Broncos have a really good defense mm-hmm. They're This is a divisional rivalry. Like they're going to bring their a game and, just like we were just talking about with the Cardinals right now, 83% of the money is uh, being wagered on the Raiders. Right. They don't give, they don't don't just give away money. That's not how gambling works, you know? (laughs) So you kind of have to fade the public sometimes. And this is a a perfect example to do it. Now, I, again, I don't really like betting divisional rivalries. And so Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to have any action in this game. I like betting against the Broncos, not on them. So I don't think I'm going to have any action in this game. Mm-hmm. Also, I think I was very wrong about the Raiders. I might have been wrong about the Raiders. In our in our season in yeah. our season yeah. uh, overview, we we spoke. I thought that there was going to be a team that would come from the back, mm-hmm. and that Kansas City would be questionable as far as winning this division. So. Um, I mean, you had mentioned the Raiders, and I was like, yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I thought it would be the Broncos or the Chargers, more leaning towards the Broncos. And the way that the division looks right now, Chiefs 2-1, and one, Broncos 2-1, and one, Chargers 1-2, and two, and Raiders 0-3. Um, tough spot, yeah, 0-3. Yeah, very tough. 
So it's like almost a must win to stay, you know, you get the, you get four games behind starting out in the season. That's going to, that's not going to get any easier. Right. And the Broncos have one of the easier schedules, you know, in the division. So yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. So there's that. And just to segue into the next game, the Kansas city chiefs are going to be paying, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Understandably the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost last week. They're not going to, um, they're not going to take that lightly. They're, they, they're going to come, uh, and they lost a tough, tight game to the Packers. Hey, so I mean, you got injuries at offensive line and wide receiver. I mean, it's going to be tough to score. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Bronco, I mean, the books have a fantastic defense and they mm-hmm. can hold people to low numbers, but yeah. if you're not going to put any points on the board, what's, you know, that's exactly not enough. Right? Mm-hmm. The chiefs are very tough to stop from scoring. I think they'll be getting back two of their receivers, Evans for sure. And I think uh got uh what is it? Godwin. Got, not Gotwin. I think he'll be I hope think so. I think he'll hope be so. back. So I hope so. so. Um I don't know where this game's gonna be played, if it's gonna be in Tampa or Minnesota. They're gonna play it in Minnesota if the field's destroyed yeah. and unusable. Um they got it at Raymond James, but you're right. That could still change. So um I would wait mm-hmm. until you know, Sunday to bet this, but um, mm-hmm. if if we think everybody's at full strength, I mean, if we if we think both wide receivers are going to come back and be a hundred, mm-hmm. and the game's in Tampa, maybe mm-hmm. I bet Tampa, but I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that um, the Chiefs take this game. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I think that Tampa's not at a hundred percent healthy, and their minds are on their neighbors and well-being and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion that this is a Chiefs victory. Okay. All right. Well, um, the next two games, one is easy to look at, but uh, the numbers might be a little more complexing and that's going to be the Patriots are going to be in green Bay playing the Packers on Lambeau field and the green Bay. I mean, yeah, green Bay Packers, they have the largest spread in the, in the schedule at minus nine, minus yeah, nine. You, if you are still um, in your survivor league and you haven't taken the Packers yet, you'd take them mm-hmm. now because yeah, we don't, you know, Matt Jones probably isn't playing, and mm-hmm. and the Patriots are a mess. Right? Mm-hmm. So, exactly. I so. mean, uh, covering a ten and a half point spread—that's a whole other question. But mm-hmm. when it comes to winning the game, I'm pretty sure the, the Packers are going to take care of that. I see it at minus nine and minus nine and a half, but yeah, still, you know, uh, they uh, very easily this could be a twenty point, twenty five. I mean, you know. Yeah, we could see a point a 30, down. 30, 32 to 0, 32 to 3 type game here. Exactly. Um, the last game uh, on the schedule for this week Monday is night football. Yeah, it's a good one. Interdivision as well. That's going to be the Los Angeles Rams playing the San Francisco 49ers at Levi Stadium. It's a minus one and a half for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I see it as yeah. a pickup. Oh. That's a big uh, difference. That means something happened. Some sort uh, of news came out, you know, uh, that it went uh, that direction. 
especially that it's San Francisco at minus one and a half, or it could just be, I don't know. There's a lot of 49er fans out there. Maybe. Let's see where the money is. I mean, well, 78% of the bets of the wagers are on the Rams, but only Mm. 60% of the money is on the Rams, Mm. which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, At a pick them, I think I like the Niners. I don't know. I mean, they're the home team. I don't think they're as bad as the, you know, what happened last week. That was Jimmy Garoppolo's first game off of injury. Also, this is only his second game off of injury. Maybe, maybe he's not ready to go yet. You know, I don't know. What do you think? Well, um, still, I don't know why it's minus one and a half. Uh, his. Most important tackle is probably not going to play. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, what, I mean, uh, that's, that's a, I mean, I even said it earlier. They're not going to be the same team without them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that defensive line for the Rams is no joke. I think oh, the Rams are, yeah. oof. I don't like, I don't, I don't know, man. It's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of people betting on the Rams right now, which makes me really want to bet the 49ers. But mm-hmm. uh, mm, I don't know. I, I think the Rams are the right side here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the life and time of week four betting the NFL yeah, uh, so schedule. You, you brought up parlays earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay? When we went through this just now, I liked the over in Buffalo and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I like the Detroit Lions. Minus, it's four and a half now, but minus four and a half against mm-hmm. the Seattle Seahawks. I like the Cowboys minus three and a half against at home against the Commanders mm-hmm. and the Falcons plus one at home against the Browns. Okay, so that's a four. That's a four play parlay. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let's see. I got to put it all back in. Sorry. Let's do this. <laughs> So what did we say? We said um, over in the Buffalo game and then the Lions at home, the uh, the Cowboys at home, and the Falcons at home, right? Yep. So for, to, so let's say we're going to bet – let's say we're going to bet $50. Right? Mm-hmm. $50 will win you. If you have to get all four right, but $50 will win you $527. Now, if you just put 50 on each game, right, you, the max you're going to win is $200 if you get all four right. But if you do $50 parlay with all four, you get $527. Wow. Now, it's really tough to get all four of those right. Mm-hmm. It's highly unlikely. But mm-hmm. since you brought it up at the beginning of this podcast, I'm going to do this parlay this weekend, not for 50 bucks, okay. but I'm going to do this parlay this weekend. Yeah. We're going to see, we're going to see how it works out. You know, who knows? Maybe because you brought it up, you spoke it into existence. There we go. <laughs> so we got a, we got a parlay placed and hopefully all four games work out and it comes out as a W for the kid. That would be awesome. There we go. 
So I'm kind of jealous that you're sitting there with that tatuaje, man. Those are that's yeah. oof, I like I like the tatuaje offerings. The the black is no joke. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about the smaller size versus the larger size that you're familiar with already? Um, I mean, it's just got it's got a little sting to it. It just has a lot of flavor, a little bit of sting to it, you know. And I I, I like it. Um, I think it was two years ago you went to the tatuaje factory or uh, i just he- went to a party that they had at a at a specific cigar lounge oh oh a yeah, party i got that box of tatuaje miami's mm-hmm. that chip's good that 15th anniversary in miami that was a really good cigar that's it i thought you got is that illusion or am i thinking tatuaje Lucian, I went to their offices, but their offices are just the upstairs in a cigar lounge in Reno. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. And, and what I was the stick you got the, there? I bought a bunch of the one-offs. One-offs, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, it's a good cigar. Yeah, good when I get cigar. back to Miami, I should go. You should come down for a weekend, and we'll go to the Tatuaje Factory. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'm. It's on the books. I am I coming it. to Miami. I love it. All right, man. Well um this was fun mm-hmm. uh i hope uh i'm glad it's not hurricaning in in colorado like it is in florida uh, mm-hmm. because i like it better when capital cigars is open it is at 919 east colfax Ave, denver colorado and mm-hmm. it is the finest cigar lounge on the planet so if you're if you're in colorado slide through say hi to Cornelius. Definitely, definitely come through uh the weather is still here it's a uh nice you know um not much going on as far as the weather is concerned uh so you know it's a it's good weather here i mean time to be in colorado you've got uh i'm already cold as shit here in new york man it's like the second labor day passed i've been freezing yeah it's 84 to 84 degrees today i can't wait and you guys you guys uh well at least you have to contend with the leaf blower yeah, so there's yeah he'll probably be done the second we're done. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you. All right. That was another episode of Bet Your Ash. And we'd like to use this opportunity at the end of podcast to say thank you to some people. So, Binsky, Timmy Nebraska, Brock White, Casey Earl Flynn, Corey Collins, you, our listener, can do it without you. We are available at betyourash.com as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you should feel free and are, uh, feel encouraged to stay in touch with us on the social medias. We are at, at betyourashpod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Say hi. Talk to you soon.